The Passover Lounge is open once again, and I am so happy to welcome you in. Hello, everyone. It's Justin Monorail back again for another week here in the Passholder Lounge. You know, it's episode 13, and 13 to some people is an unlucky number, but it's not unlucky for you because I've got a great show on tap for you today. My very dear friend, Dr. Jacqueline, is joining me here in the Passholder Lounge, and we're going to chat about all sorts of things. We're going to chat about her recent trip overseas to visit one of the many Disney parks that I've got on my bucket list. We might even chat a little bit about sleep apnea, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Spoiler alert. Before we get there, I just want to say welcome to you all, whether this is your first trip to the Passholder Lounge or your 13th. I I just am so grateful that you listen to this show. Um, for those of you who have rated and reviewed the show, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And it does definitely help the visibility of this show. So thank you for doing it. And if you've told other people about the Passholder Lounge, I really appreciate that. I'd be sort of interested to know how many of you people out there are or were listeners to the Morning Monorail. Or maybe you came from Dawes Does Disney or Adventures with Steffers or wherever. Uh, I might put a little question out there on my social media this week and just kind of ask that question. You know, are you a Monorail fam from way back? Or are you new to the show and you found your way here from maybe Dillo's Diz or the Mouse and More or, you know, something like that? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to know um, how you found your way here. But regardless, you're here. And I'm grateful, and I hope that you are enjoying your time in the Passholder Lounge. So, as I have started doing week after week, I wanted to feature a signature cocktail from one of the many theme parks here in the Orlando area that I have made here at home, and you, yourself, can make at home. This one, it's a little tribute to my friend Drunk Stormtrooper, because this one comes from the... Tambu Lounge, or you could get it at Kona Cafe, or you could get it at o- Ohana. But when I think about getting a drink at the Polynesian, one of my go-to drinks is, of course, the Lapu Lapu. Now, I didn't have a full-size pineapple here at home to hollow out and pour the drink into, but it feels like I'm pouring this right out of a delicious fruit into my mouth. It's so delicious. It's taking me there right now. And I do have a Lapu Lapu right here in my hand as we speak. If you would like to know how to make one of these, here's what I did. I have my cocktail shaker that I I just got this really nice uh, cocktail set that I added to my collection. And this brand new cocktail shaker has already been put to great use. And that was no exception today. Filled it with ice. And then here's what you do. You take a shot of Bacardi 151 or another light rum. Then you take a shot of a dark rum like Myers. You put those in there. And then what you're going to do is two shots of sweet and sour and then two shots of either pineapple or orange juice or one of each. I actually did pineapple. I wanted it to be more pineapple-y. The knockoff uh, recipe that I found, excuse me, (laughs) the knockoff recipe that I found recommended orange juice. I guess if you were pouring it into a pineapple, maybe you're getting enough pineapple. But I I went with pineapple juice. Um, I had some of those small dole cans that you can get from the grocery store, and I used that and uh, mixed it up. And here it is in my hand. It tastes great. 
and it's making me feel like it's time to be sitting by a pool, relaxing, getting ready for the weekend. And I hope that you all are ready for a great weekend. But before you get there, let us kick it off right with today's episode of the Passholder Lounge. Are you ready for Dr. Jacqueline? She's ready for you. The doctor is in. Let's get into it, my friends. Episode 13, let's do it. Jacqueline. I'm so excited. It's, it feels like it's been so long since I've talked to you, but but also seen you. I'm so excited to just be able to see you right now. I think it has been a while since we've seen each other, but I yeah. mean, we text and stuff. We talk, not really about theme parks, but <laughs> I know we keep in touch, but like, you know, actually sitting down and having a good chat. It's been a little I know. Bit. I heard, I can't remember whose podcast it was. I get all you guys confused, um, but on one of them, Jen Dillo was mentioning that she had like once monthly Zoom chats with Steffers just like just to talk about life or whatever, mm-hmm. not for the podcast. And I was like, wait, I want to do this. Like, where are my play dates? <laughs> you know, we started to do a little bit of that, you know, early COVID people started doing virtual happy hours and stuff. And I think that it's sort of tapered off now. But why not? Why not get back to that? I'm all for it. I know. I think especially when we're all spread out, like, you know, and we can't all head down to Disney World at the same time for various life constraints. Like, yeah, more online hangs. Absolutely. Well, that's part of the joy of my new podcast, because now I get to do that with my friends and then make content out of it as well. And hopefully yeah. we have a good time and then people have a good time listening to it. So that's the goal. Um, but before we get started, I got to tell you, I, I have appropriate drinks for tonight. Do you, are, do oh you have a special beverage this evening? I, do, I don't know if I'd call it a special beverage, but I did bring a beverage. What have you got? I brought um, from my favorite local cidery. It's called Lost Boy Cider, and this is their Pixie Dust Cider. It's a dry oh. cider with passion fruit. And wow. I, when I bought this four pack, I posted it on Instagram because I w- was really just really stoked to see it. It's a new to me flavor. Mm. And a bunch of people like, laughed about it i was like i don't what's funny i don't get it because i just really like passion fruit um but then i realized it's called pixie dust (laughs) (laughs) that's right well (laughs) the joke flew over my head (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't get it at first because i'm sitting here thinking like you it's like oh it's perfect for dr jacqueline yeah like they should sponsor your channel (laughs) (laughs) um do you like is it good it is good. The same company makes a passion fruit hard seltzer, which mm. I have had before. Um, and that is like way more intensely passion fruit. So I'm a little sad that the passion fruit's a little on the back end uh, here, but it's still good. And it's 6.9%, which is pretty high for oh, a cider. That is. Yeah. So it's a good buy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, I would say that is an appropriate drink for tonight. Um, but mine is appropriate for the season. I've been I've been very much into the pumpkin beers this year. Spooky time. It is. It's spooky time. It's pumpkin spice time. And this one was new to me as of last week. But now I've had it a couple of times, but it's very good. This is a left hand brewing company beer. Nice. Um, if you're familiar with them, they make a delicious milk stout. That's one of my favorites. Are you but, a lefty? No, I'm not a lefty. Mm, I'm a lefty, a lefty in spirit. <laughs> We're always looking out for lefties. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, May is a lefty, so I've got a lefty in there the house. There you go. Yeah. But no, this is a pumpkin spice latte nitro beer. Oh, my God. That sounds really intense. Yeah. Pumpkin ale with spices and coffee added. And I'm just going to let's do this for the, the audio quality here. 
Yo. Yeah, that's what the nitro sounds like. I didn't bring a glass with me. You're supposed to pour it, you know, with nitro. You do like a hard pour into a glass. Right. We're just going out of the can this time, but that's gonna it's very mess good. You up. Yeah, it's all right. Cheers, Doctor Jeff. Isn't it? <laughs> Cheers. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Seven percent alcohol. And it doesn't tell me the caffeine content. You're going to be up. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you would think that, but actually, coffee doesn't really keep me up. Interesting. I drink a lot of coffee. Developed a tolerance is what I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can help me. Sometimes it'll help me like short term, like with like focus or something. But then I just sort of get jittery, but I can still go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can go to sleep just about any time, to be honest. Fair. That's what being old is. Yep. Exactly. I'm including Thank myself in that me. comment. For the record. <laughs> it's just one of the joys. I don't know. I've always been this way. I have a little bit of a, a sleep apnea thing as well. Oh, and so I don't really sleep through the night. Yeah, um, I know so, all about that. Oh, yeah. So do you deal with it, too, or your partner? I was born with sleep apnea. Um, okay. And then we figured that out when I was a teenager. And so I had it surgically corrected. And so I remember, I mean, the surgery is pretty brutal. So healing took a long time. But after I was like healed up enough to be a human again, I was like, oh, this is what sleep is like. Like, are you kidding me? This is what I've been missing out on my entire life. So I have a pretty like forever sleep debt. um, But at least (laughs) I can sleep now. (laughs) You, You went way too far into debt to get caught up. I get it. Yeah, no, yeah. we did. They, my insurance made us do two sleep studies because they didn't believe the first one. And I was waking up on average every three minutes. Oh, my God. It was really bad. So I never got REM sleep, um, which also I think we've chatted about this a little bit. And some of the people more familiar with me than you may know, I have like long term memory issues because I never like my body never trained itself to make long term memories because I was never going to sleep. Wow. OK. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Sleep apnea is rough. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, mine mine's not that bad. I'm I'm more like uh, on an average, I'll wake up every couple of hours, maybe two to three hours. Um, I don't, and and sometimes it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more. But I did I did go to an ENT doctor several years ago. They evaluated me and they said, "Well, before we'll ever let you do a sleep study, we have to take out the." And I think the scientific term was the giant tonsils that I had. Uh-huh. Um, and he said, because once we take that out and then also they fixed my deviated septum, he was Mm -hmm. like, you're going to breathe totally differently and you may not have a sleep problem. True. Um, But apparently not. Well, it actually, it helped for, I would say like six months. Like I, I didn't snore anymore and I was sleeping really well, but then it just sort of started to creep back in and I'm not sure exactly why. Um, but yeah, now I'm back to, I, I think I'm. Back to my old self snoring just as loud as I used to. And I don't know if I regrew my tonsils. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be a pretty weird superpower. I know. Regenerative tonsils. Only only the tonsils. Mm-hmm. Only tonsils. Um, and I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Like, maybe my. I always wonder, too, if, like, the deviated septum thing. Like, is that something that needs to be addressed again or something? I, again? I, don't I mean, if they did it right the first time, it should be fine. You would think so, but I do feel like initially, like once I got all the gauze and stents and everything removed, mm-hmm. um, splints, I meant to say, um, I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, I have never been able to breathe. Like I've never known what breathing was like through my nose and now mm-hmm. I can breathe mm-hmm. and I don't, sometimes I don't feel like it's like that anymore. So 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Well, something for future Justin to look into, maybe. Yeah. So uh, this has been Sleep Apnea Corner. <laughs> Hope everyone enjoyed that. But no, um, I, that that is something that I, I can relate to, but I had no idea yours was, was that bad. But congratulations on getting it resolved. That's Oh, I know. It was terrible, amazing. but I'm so glad we did it when I was still like a child and not an adult human being with responsibilities. And yeah. also I was on my parents' health insurance. So, oh yeah, that. <laughs> score. Yeah. No kidding. Oh man. Um, so Dr. Jacqueline, for those of you who may or may not be familiar, you yourself are a creator out there on the YouTubes. And I just wanted to say congratulations. I know you recently went over a thousand subscribers on your Thank channel. You. Yeah, that's very recent still. <laughs> that's mega and awesome. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to this channel, you need to do it. I love your videos. I love the fact that you you like to package like really dense information into a small amount of time. Um, all the advice you give just based on your research, your experience, it's, it's really valuable stuff. And um, I would encourage anyone who hasn't already checked it out to do so if, you, if you're thinking about a Disney trip of any sort. But I wanted to talk to you today about a most recent trip that you took. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that you returned from overseas. Mm -hmm. And I think while you were over there, you may have visited an international Disney park. Am I wrong? We may have done that. We may have had a very good 12 months that included... Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. Wow. Yeah. That's I don't know that I'll ever do that again in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot to pack into 12 <laughs> months, but that's awesome. That sounds like a magical 12 months. Pretty, um, pretty up there. And and the fact that you are like pretty experienced with Walt Disney World, and, and I, I don't know how much experience you have with Disneyland um, as well, but not much. <laughs> not much. Okay. <laughs> But you've at least you have the the Disney World basis, and and you yeah. have been to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to just talk about like uh, what were your sort of expectations going into this trip uh, mm -hmm. go, to visit Disneyland Paris for the first time? Yeah, so um, Disneyland Paris is two theme parks, so it's more similar to Disneyland Resort in California than Walt Disney World in that sense. It's compact, smaller. Um, I had seen a lot of people describe it as like quaint, so I, you know, I, I wasn't going in expecting Walt Disney World. I knew it would be a different experience. I'd also heard that the food was really bad, oh. so I was very braced for that. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at like every menu of every place possible to try to figure out what might be least bad. I think that worked out for us. I was not mad about the food we oh, ate. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I had heard that like entertainment was good um and that a lot of the rides were like more exciting than their american counterparts um so i was looking forward to that like i'm a big thrill person like floss coaster is probably my favorite ride at the moment i knew they wouldn't have a real roller coaster but <laughs> you know just up up the ante a little bit so yeah i was generally really excited i think i had seen a lot of like weirdly negative things about disneyland paris in terms of just like the French culture and everything's slower and the lot you're going to get cut in line all the time. It's going to be terrible. Like if you're American, you're going to hate it. And I was like, surely it can't be that bad. And it was not. <laughs> so, yeah, it was um, funny because we went to actual Paris, France mm -hmm. before we went to Disneyland. Paris. Oh, not so we, Paris, Texas. 
Not Paris, Texas. Oh, no. okay. That's <laughs> the first one I think of. Yeah, right. Obviously. <laughs> um, so we had already, you know, sort of been a little bit more immersed in the culture. I'm not going to claim we had conversational French, but we could get around just fine, all that kind of stuff. And then when you go to Disneyland Paris, it's like, wow, I'm in America. <laughs> <laughs> and like the hotel we stayed in was themed to New York. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, everyone spoke English and people spoke English to you first for the most part, which was definitely a change. Like in touristy areas of France, they'll usually speak to you in French and you just have to politely ask for English and they can speak English, but they'll greet you in French. Um, yeah. And Disneyland Paris was just like, we know you guys are either like from the UK, probably mostly or, or <laughs> American. So just forget it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I mean, it makes sense. And it, it sort of makes me think of watching the Imagineering story. And they were talking about the development of Euro yeah. Disneyland at the time and and how um, the, the French and, you know, just I think people in general were like this. We don't need American culture coming into, you know, France. Um, I wonder if it's always been like that or if maybe early on at the park, it was a little more like they spoke French to you first or something. I wonder if that's sort of evolved over time as they've sort of just accepted, ah, this is here now. We might yeah. as well embrace it. I and I would say most developed. travelers, right? Most travelers there like are probably now. I don't want to say most. It seems like though, let's, let's be honest. This is like a mostly American thing to want to go to like, not American so much as, as Westerner thing to go to like your vacation at Disney world or Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like that's something that they'd have to eventually relent on. Um, yeah, it, they're ready for it. And all the permanent cast members, so they don't have the college program, but they have like interns basically for the summer that come do three months. So not them, but all the permanent cast members name badges, they have the little flags of like all the languages they speak. Oh, nice. It's really impressive and it makes me feel very like uncultured. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> that that's sort of a failure of the... Uh, the American educational system. We, we speak English. Yeah. Well, and, and in our defense, like if you live in Italy or France or somewhere, there's a bunch of other languages fairly close to you mm -hmm. as opposed to in most of America. That's not true. So yeah. some of it I think is exposure. I guess so. But it still seems a little bit like um, sticking our head in the sand culturally, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you're in America. English is all that matters. Speak American. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's what we do. But um, I did. I took Italian in high school. No, I mean, sorry. In college, I took Italian uh, because in high school. Say, they offered that in high school? <laughs> no. In high school, I took Latin, which. I, they offered I that in high school? <laughs> they did. And why, why they let students take Latin, I don't really know. I'll As say an, Greek and Latin are very useful in science fields because then you you can dissect words very easily in terms of their like prefixes and suffixes. But in terms of like a spoken language or reading the language, yeah, sure, it's not the most useful. Yeah. And, you know, maybe what they do instead is sort of package it up for kids who are on the track to go into science or medical or whatever it may be. And, and it's some sort of a supplemental thing. It shouldn't be this is your foreign language class. And, it you know, because unless you're going to time travel, you're not speaking that to anybody. <laughs> um, you know, it's fun to watch Monty, Monty Python and, and then they conjugate and that's great. And you get a good laugh out of that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I took American Sign Language in high school. Um, and I was pretty much fluent in that. I thought it was really cool. It worked out very well for my life. 
Um, but then when I went to college, because of the major I picked, we were exempt from language. So hmm. I don't have any foreign spoken language <laughs> experience. Oh, wow. So wait, did American Sign Language in high school satisfy like your foreign language requirement or you just didn't have a foreign I language I think I could have taken the test to opt out. The college I went to is one of the few in the country that does count American Sign Language for your okay. um, foreign language credit. But because of the major I took, you didn't even need to have a language. So I didn't even bother taking the fluency test. Okay. That's awesome. I, I only recently, this is just, again, probably a failure of the American educational system. I only recently realized that um, American Sign Language wasn't international. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's American Sign Language, which is some of the college's arguments for like not accepting it because they think it's not foreign. But I'll tell you, if you've never done a lick of anything in ASL, it's foreign to you. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it should count. I agree with you. Um, I, but wouldn't it be nice to see that's this could be a solution for just international communication. Let's teach everyone some universal, at least basic sign language. We could all speak to each other. Yeah, then, but then you'd have to get people to agree. <laughs> well, put an international committee together. I'm sure that we can work this out. It'd be like the Esperanto experience. Yeah, it'll be just like English where the Americans win and we say you have to learn American <laughs> Sign Language or else. <laughs> Well, you know, and then it's international and then it's fine. <laughs> um, and you would be a step ahead of everybody. Well, it's been, I'm not fluent anymore. Um, but I, I could maybe pick it back up with less effort than other people for starting out. <laughs> well, okay. So you didn't have to worry about the language barrier. Um, mm -hmm. So, so how did you go about your research to prepare for Disneyland Paris? Did you, did you watch a lot of videos? Did you do a lot of reading? How did you, how did you gather the information? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I prefer to go straight to the source for things as often as I can. So I think I read just about everything on the Disneyland Paris website. And then I still had a lot of questions. So it became a lot of Googling, um, sort of forums were helpful. There are some planning videos on YouTube, um, but not a ton, honestly. It's a lot of like blogs and not a lot of actual information. There's a couple people um, on Twitter that I'm decent friends with I'm, we're not besties but you know we respect each other and answer each other that go to disneyland paris fairly often so if i was like really running into a wall and just could not figure something out i would just direct message them and be like please help me <laughs> so honestly i think the friend aspect the community was the yeah. most useful in planning because the website the american version of the website's not great. Um, the French version is probably better, but I cannot read French reliably and Google Translate's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So lean in on the community, which is good. Um, did you find that doing the, like going through the booking process ended up being similar to what you would do for like Disneyland or Disney World? I think yes and no. So there's more limitations, which I found to be surprising and frustrating. But if you're fine with the setup they give you, you just book it online, you book your hotel and ticket package together. Um, but you can't edit any aspect of the tickets. Mm. So you can't change like the number of days they come as park hoppers, you couldn't downgrade to base tickets, that kind of thing. And then if you wanted to book a hotel only, directly through Disney. Like you could go on Expedia and book it or whatever third party company. But if you wanted to do it directly through Disney and not have tickets, you have to call them. Mm, <laughs> there is like... no like hotel only booking. <laughs> it wow. is only packages online on the US website. It's incredibly frustrating <laughs> to me. That is frustrating. Yeah. Just making it more difficult. Mm -hmm. 
Did you consider using like a travel agency or you just like tend to go on your own for this? Kind I of thing? thought about it. I had contacted a couple, um, particularly because I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like a way to get around this stupid limit where I can't change the like ticket length or whatever. Because so here's what I ideally here's what I wanted to do is we were coming in from Paris. So I wanted to train to the parks from Paris proper, like evening time. Like I wanted to have dinner in Paris and then train out and mm -hmm. sleep one night in a hotel there, but I didn't want to spend $800 a night on a hotel there for just sleeping. Yeah. So I wanted to stay in like one of the cheaper on property situations. And then the next morning move to the nicer hotel. So this would be the Walt Disney world version of like all-star sports arrival night, contemporary day two and three, you know what nice. I mean? Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. But because the way the website works is if you wanted to book all-star, their all-star sports, it comes with a ticket and the ticket is for your arrival day and your departure day. So it's a two day ticket. And then when you book your nicer hotel, it also comes with arrival through departure day. So that would have been two nights would be a three day ticket. So then you have <laughs> oh my God. five days of tickets for four <laughs> days. And I only wanted these couple days of tickets anyway. So anyway, <laughs> it was a mess. So yeah, I did. I looked into travel agents because I was like, surely this could be solved by someone who's not me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I contacted a couple. Granted, they were U.S based and i think if you contacted people that maybe were uk based or france based it might be different but for the us based ones that i contacted they were like yeah we can't change anything about the tickets oh wow <laughs> and i was like okay. forget it then i'll just book it not yeah. that I, I know they get a cut and i was somewhat supportive of that in in principle the thing about also the packages at disneyland paris is their hotel pricing is dynamic like a hotel in New York or whatever. Like oh. it changes every day as opposed to like, well, Disney World hotel prices kind of just are what they are as long as the room's available. So I was like monitoring it daily and mm. I just didn't want to wait to go through a travel agent to like strike once it hit the price that I wanted or whatever. Yeah. No, and that makes sense. And I think that, you know, if it were me, one of the things that I struggle with in, in trying to use a travel agency when I'm booking things is I don't want to give up my control. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And There's so that. it comes comes down to that for me and and i you know i can relate to that but um it just seems like if, if they did have the ability to, to break through some of those barriers that you had then that would be helpful maybe you know european travel agencies could i don't know who knows um if there's someone out there who's done it maybe they could tell us email us you, you can find the address apparently um, i heard after i came back from the trip that if you call walt disney world guest services in America, so there's no like international feed, they will transfer you to Disneyland Paris. So I think that saves you the international calling fee question Weird. mark, but you still got to do it on Paris time. Um, <laughs> and they're six hours ahead East Coast time. So you know, if you're waiting in the hold line for a while, Paris is already closed. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's a at least a tip that somebody might try rather than calling international direct that might be helpful so um so once you got everything booked uh you make the trip um so so tell me about like how how did things line up then with with your expectations like what what was the what was your main street experience like in disneyland oh Paris? let me tell you um i blew it <laughs> You blew it. <laughs> so Disneyland Paris, when you enter, you there's like normal Main Street, but on each side they have these thing called arcades, and they're like covered walkways. And my um, like anxiety ridden instinct is to always like avoid crowds as much as I can. So we walked, and I just like immediately <laughs> went to a side, and I walked to the arcade. And then by the time we popped out, I was like, wait, we miss, we missed it. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> we didn't do like the castle, like straight walk. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, m- you know, Main Street still has the same like old Americana vibe, honestly. And, and what at least one of the arcades, if not both, are also very themed to America. It's very American. It's really weird. <laughs> and the castle is beautiful. I obviously have seen pictures of it, but nothing compares, I don't think, to seeing it in person. Mm-hmm. And um, no hate to the Disneyland California castle, but that's a little guy. <laughs> it's <laughs> it so small. Um, and I really like Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World, but like, oh, Sleeping Beauty Castle, it feels more fairy tale to me. Like, it's got yeah. a, like some more like mystical elements, like more curves. That kind yeah. of stuff. I don't know. I really like it. And they have fountains on the side of the castle that like really add to the ambiance and they can like vary the height and they, you know, wave around. They can add to shows or like the m- little morning time, whatever. And the, the square sleeping beauty trees flanking it. Like it's really nice. It's a good castle. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say more curves are better. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that yeah. one. Um, but also, isn't there a dragon under that castle? Yo, yeah, so the <laughs> castle has a walkthrough similar, I would say, to Disneyland Resorts. I don't I don't think the Walt Disney World has any sort of real walkthrough. If it does, I'm completely unaware of it. You can just walk right. You, and like when they're not doing a show, you can walk right through it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's like a proper walkthrough where they tell you the story of the hmm. princess. Um, it's much more in-depth and ornate than the Walt Disney World one. So that's cool. So that's like the main castle thing. And then when you're done with that, you actually pop out onto a balcony on the back side of the castle that overlooks Fantasyland, which is sick. Um, awesome. And I really wish we had something like that in Disney World. But yeah, then below, you have to go through a separate entrance, but below the castle is your tamed Maleficent dragon, tamed-ish. I mean, tamed-ish. she's not going to hurt you, but <laughs> she's still scary. Um, so yeah, there's like, the castle's more intricate in, in its like, walkthrough experience in my opinion and then i also just prefer the aesthetics yeah that looks and i mean it fountains looks, yeah i mean fountains come on why do we because we, we have a moat or something like put some fountains yeah. in there i don't yeah. understand there absolutely could be and we all know fountains are essential so obviously you know, add fountains <laughs> um add dragons dragons are great um that's something that i'm pretty jealous of i Seeing the pictures of it, I would agree. I think you described it just from my impression perfectly. It just seems more fairy tale, yeah. um, and and it just looks it it looks like something you you would be blown away by in person. So that that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to um, someday when I get there. I, I plan to get there. We'll see when, but it'll happen. You can make it happen. There's some good flight deals from your parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just gotta make it happen. I gotta get my passport. I still don't have a passport. Okay, yeah, uh, do that first. <laughs> Step mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I know. I I think I'll be getting it this year. Well, we're I just gotta stop being putting it off, basically. Um, but okay, so Castle Main Street. What about like you? You said I know you 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 enjoy a good thrill ride. Did you find that the rides were a little more intense? Yes, okay. for sure. So I'm not gonna pretend like I know all of the elements i don't speak that level of coaster and also i just don't care enough to look it up <laughs> um but that like so their space mountain is always hyperspace mountain it's like full on star wars themed i know they sometimes do the hyperspace mountain like overlay in disneyland um it's so, it's so much better it has a launch it's so cool um their rock and roller coaster is now an avengers ride it's called flight force very cool very intense <laughs> um big thunder mountain felt like 
more like bigger ups and downs. Like, I don't know if any of this is true or if it just felt that way to me. <laughs> um, and then even for like the non like coastery rides, things were just like a little bit more in your face. I want to say so there's like more like zombies <laughs> in okay. like pirates and haunted mansion. Like there's just a little bit more scary stuff. Um, yeah. A little more macabre. I don't know if it's that's like a little more European in culture or whatever. But yeah, it's um, it feels a little bit less like kitty in a way. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. It was cool. Yeah, that sort of makes sense, really. When like just thinking about like the origin of fairy tales, anyway. Oh, so uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, and, and Disney sort of like Disneyfied them, right? And then we we tell these stories, and they're they're much more palatable for kids. But you would, I could totally see from like a European perspective, getting more towards like, well, these were really supposed to be like scary tales or more intense. And so we'll mm -hmm. make our experiences this way. Um, yeah. And even their Tower of Terror, which is pretty close to Walt Disney World, it's not exactly the same just because the, the mechanism is not quite the same. Like in Disney World, you have like a little ride before you get into your elevator shaft. It's not quite that dramatic at Disneyland Paris, but that one, and it is still themed to the same way that Walt Disney World's is um, Twilight Zone, which I don't know. There's like some rumors they might change it to Avengers. I'm not happy about that. But anyway, um, so even in that, it's like the same ride mechanic, the same basics, but the story is a little darker. We're like the little girl in the Twilight Zone um, is there's a few sequences. So I don't think we saw them all, but she was like the star in the couple that we got. And she would say things. You'd be like waiting to drop. And she'd say things like, don't scream. It only makes it worse. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like coming from Disneyland, which is Avengers <laughs> now or Walt Disney World, which is like spooky, but not like that. I was like, oh, what's happening? Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that's another level. And coming yeah. from a small child, everything's always creepier. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> even in the rides where like the ride elements aren't any more thrilling or scary or whatever. I just think the theming, some of the details they added were in general, I would say more intense. Okay. I like that. I, I've always been very interested in their Space Mountain. It's good. It looks great. And um, the the fact that it launches, and isn't it, it's sort of like from the outside looking in, it's supposed to be like launching you out of a cannon, right? Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. Um, just the whole design of it. It looks great. It it's looks really sick for sure. Really, really cool. Yeah. So what would you say your, well, give me like your top three Disneyland's rides. <laughs> no. <laughs> You can do it. Um. Oh my gosh! Ranking things gives me such. Anxiety. It doesn't have to be top. It could be three in no particular order. I mean, it's still a, a top three. <laughs> um. Woof. Okay. So it's also hard because, like, I really liked their Tower of Terror, but is it substantially different from our Tower of Terror? Like, no, not really. If we're being honest, so I think I would lean toward things that felt quite a bit different. So yeah, I think Sp Hyperspace Mountain is surely one of them it was i didn't i like to remain like spoiler ish free so i didn't look at any ride throughs or anything I, I mean i knew the basic premises and i knew about the launch i knew it'd be fun and intense or whatever but i was and i don't like i don't even like star wars and i really like that ride so <laughs> i think that says something uh dr jacqueline we can't say those kinds of things in the pass holder lounge I am ambivalent about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't actively dislike it. I just, it's okay. not, it's, it exists. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think hyperspace mountain. If Disney world didn't have 
Remitu's Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I would probably say that, but since we have it now again, it just like it's literally the same. It it's feels same. a, a yeah. lot less special. Um, I really enjoyed Crush's Coaster, which is like a big attraction in the second park, Walt Disney yeah. Studios. I will say though that line gets real long, and the ride is not very long, uh, <laughs> so okay. that can be disappointing. But the ride itself, like if you ignore the wait time, I think is pretty great, and I I wish we had something like that, honestly. Um, and then I would lean toward Big Thunder, okay. But the Big Thunder there is more similar to Disneyland Resort in California. Walt Disney World is not nearly as good as either, <laughs> which is really sad. Um, but it's not super different from the Disneyland Resort one. So if I was trying to pick more unique things, I don't know that it would make the list, but I did really enjoy going on it. Okay. Well, it's interesting. No mention of Phantom Manor. Um, I, I hear a lot like of good things it. about it. It's good. No, I, I like it. It's really good. I think it just, I mean, my list skews toward thrill rides. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, sure. That's your I preference. Omni movers probably aren't going to make it for me most of the time. Not yeah. a top three. If we expand a top 10. Yeah. Then it'd be up there. <laughs> <laughs> if you expand a list long enough, every right yeah. will be on there. We'll get it. <laughs> we'll get it on there. Yeah. Um, that That's one. I think just because it to me is, is fascinating that it has a sort of different story and there's different it's effects. It's super different. Yeah. yeah. It's one for sure. Like if you as an American and you know, if you're only really experienced in the American parks, if you're headed out to Disneyland Paris and you only have one day, you have to get on Phantom Manor. Like it's, it's definitely a highlight. It's just for me, I just, you know, I want to go on Velocicoaster all the time. Yeah. So. Oh, well, same. Totally I'm relate. that feeling in my oh, list. Oh man. No kidding. Um, all right. Now we get onto the important stuff. Oh, I want to know about food and drink. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said people say the food is bad and you didn't mm -hmm. have that experience. Um, and so I'm sort of interested in that. I'm a little more interested in the drink situation. Okay. Because let's talk in Disneyland. Is it possible to get an adult beverage while you're walking around Main Street? Yes. Oh, yes. Perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Let's back it up a little bit. <laughs> okay. So in Disneyland Park, and apparently not always. I don't know who dictates this. They have champagne carts on Main Street. Um, oh, sort of by maybe. like their ice cream parlor or whatever. Yeah. So you can just buy champagne on Main Street. It was 15 euros when we were there. And oh. it came in a little commemorative um, Disneyland Paris 30th anniversary, like plastic champagne flute. They mm -hmm. were selling the champagne flute in the gift shops for 10 euros. So oh. your champagne was only five euros. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think they rolled the carts out until later. Like we, every morning we went to Disneyland park and then we park hopped over to studios. And then when we would come back to Disneyland, suddenly there was a champagne cart. So I think they probably roll them out at like four or something. I don't know, whatever acceptable time they deem, but yeah, you can just have champagne in Disneyland. It's done. amazing. Done and done. I'm going. Yeah. And they have, um, Kind of, I guess, like a lounge. It's called a bar in the app, but it's not really a bar. Um, on Main Street, also, it's it's got terrible hours. It's supposed to be open from 2 to 8. It's not always open that full time. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have milkshakes and other treats and then also drinks. Like, it's France, so wine is not a big deal there. And in general, drinking is not nearly as big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just more accessible. Can I mean, okay, can you get... 
if you wanted a cocktail, is that available or is it really like just wine? Um, I, in general, found there was not a lot of mixed drink options in the parks, like in a quick service manner. So I'm sure, yeah, like, so if you went to a sit down restaurant, they had cocktails and stuff, although we got wine because it was so cheap and so good. Um, but yeah, if you, it's, it's not like Walt Disney World, excluding Magic Kingdom, um, wins <laughs> in terms of its, you know, just availability of like bars with really interesting drinks, whether or not you have to sit there or you can take them to go. And Disneyland Paris um, really lacked, I think, in like liquor. It was much more wine heavy, some beers. Um, but yeah, like we were staying at Hotel New York Art of Marvel, which is very walkable to the parks. And so the bar there, we were there for two nights and we went to that bar three times because that's okay. like the place that had cocktails. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, what about food wise? Any highlights? Anything you'd recommend? Food is interesting. So first of all, breakfast is like not a thing um, or slash if you want breakfast, you have to get like table service breakfast at your hotel and it's pretty expensive. And mm. I just don't want to eat that much in the morning ever. So yeah. I'm I'm usually like a, let me get a small snack at like 10 a.m. And that will hold me over till lunch kind of person. But for the most part, snacks aren't really open either. Like maybe uh, a coffee and a croissant, like not too much else and not very many locations either. So if you want breakfast, you need to plan for that pretty hardcore. Okay. Okay. Um, otherwise, so most quick service for lunch opens around 1130. There's the occasional place that opens at 11. And it is like not as exciting, <laughs> I would say, as the options in the American theme parks. There's a lot of just like, sad looking pizza and pasta <laughs> and like chicken burgers and other sad burgers. Um, so yeah, I, the quick service options look not super great. We ate at a barbecue place, <laughs> cowboy oh, cookout, very American um, <laughs> for one of our quick service meals. And it was actually surprisingly good. I would definitely recommend that compared to getting yourself a sad fish or chicken sandwich. <laughs> um, sad fish sandwich. Oh, man, oh, it looks not good. Even when the picture even looks like that doesn't even look that great in the picture. And that's the best it's ever going to look like. Right. Bad look. sign. Yeah. Um, we lucked out because while we were there, they were doing their version of Food and Wine Festival, which is like much oh. smaller. It's a very little guy, but it has a lot of other things. Right. So there was like pretzels because there was a, you know, a Germany stand. There was euros from the Greece stand, that kind of thing. So we were able to like piecemeal together snacks into a meal from that um for a quick service dinner i think so that was helpful but yeah we <laughs> booked a table service meal every day because we were concerned about like <laughs> the quality of food and all the table service was good i had no complaints about that and then also the bar at our hotel has food they had like hummus they had crab cakes chicken wings that kind of stuff so we also got that once okay so you found food yeah, I think if you avoid the places with the sad looking food, then the food was good. But the sad looking food did look very sad. Okay. It's important to plan for these things. Yeah, it's not like Walt Disney World where you can just like, dur, 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 oh, here's Flame Tree Barbecue. Dur, 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 oh, here's Eight Spoon Cafe. Oh, here's Nomad Lounge. Like, oh, this is going to be great. It's not like that. Yeah. A lot of the places were not great looking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is something that I would definitely have to plan around for my future trip to Disneyland Paris. I mean, I can I, send I've, you my list of like, this looks good. We should go here. This is a maybe looks acceptable. 
no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I definitely would, would appreciate that for sure. I mean, I've gotten so spoiled being a Disney World local because most of my trips to the parks these days, if the lines are long, I'm there to eat and drink. That's what I'm doing in the parks. Hell yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, that's we just go out to happy hour. It's the same thing. We just yeah. don't have the option of going on rides. <laughs> yeah. You know, if something if, if something drops to 20 minutes, sure, maybe I'll get in line. Otherwise, you know, so that it would be different. Of course, I wouldn't be in that same sort of like a relaxed mode going to, to Disneyland Paris for the first time. But I still put a pretty big emphasis on this. I have totally changed my way of touring parks, slowing down taking it in, finding good food, finding good drinks and not trying to do everything because I feel like it really does ruin the experience if you can't do everything. Yeah, I think you have to pick your top handful of things, not more than like one thing every two hours. Make sure you get those done. Otherwise, enjoy yourself. Anything else is a bonus. Yeah, you got you got to build in that flexibility because otherwise, I mean, the thing about it is there's these magical moments that really do happen at the Disney parks you totally miss out on a lot of that if you're just like, go, 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 go. And then mm-hmm. you're in, standing in lines and you're grumpy because you haven't eaten and you're dealing with screaming kids all around you that the parents don't tell them not to grab onto your legs, even though they, they're strangers. And, um, you know, that's not a magical experience. So yeah. the worst thing, of, I mean, other than being back from vacation, the worst thing coming back is being on Diz Twitter and people will post like, a Pinocchio stained glass. I'm like, I didn't see that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like buzzing through that line super fast. Probably is why. Like, oh, dang. Yeah, I, it, I think I know that it's hard. It's it's really difficult um, when people are traveling down for like a once every several year, or maybe even once every ten year, once in a lifetime kind of kind of trip to get in the mentality of slowing down. It's going to be an interesting experience or experiment for me whenever I do finally get to go to a place like Disneyland Paris or something, because we'll, we'll see if I can really put this new mentality to the test and actually like slow it down. I don't My know. My plan for it was I don't think we'll ever go back to Disneyland Paris. I might be wrong, but it's and not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just that, you know, we want to travel the world. So you can't yeah. just keep going back to the same places. And, you know, even to the extent that, like, I enjoyed going to Paris. Do I need to go back to Paris? I don't think so. I would go back to France and go to other places. But, like, so if I'm not going to be in Paris, am I really going to Disneyland Paris? Probably not. But so my plan of attack was, like, I did push us pretty hard on our first day. And we got a remarkable amount done. And that allowed us to really, like, relax, go slower, take it in, you know, breathe a little bit more (laughs) for the rest of our vacation. And I did that also when we went to Disneyland Resort. And we got a lot done. And I'm not, you know, it wasn't like the best day ever, but it did take a lot of pressure off the rest of our time there. So if you do have time for more than one day, I, that works well for me because it's, it sense. satisfies my need to be intense and like, ah, like we're only ever doing this once. <laughs> but then I, there's still time to like relax. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Do it. Yeah. Front load the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. You know, if there are a few things that you miss here and there, maybe you go back and get them. But the, you know, your your last back part of the trip just is more loosey goosey. I, I really like that idea. I think that's great. Um, I, I'm going to take that advice. On our Dr. last Jackson. day, there was only one thing I felt like we had to do, which freed up the whole day for whatever else we wanted to do. Yeah. So it was nice. Do you think you'll ever go to Tokyo Disneyland? Yes. 
do you think you'll go to Shanghai? Uh, probably. I less like for sure. I'm going to Japan. <laughs> yeah, I'm less for sure that I'll make it to China. Um, it's definitely like on the list, but it's not as high of a priority. Yeah. So, so you're not like you don't have a checklist list of like I'm going to go to every Disney park in the in the world necessarily. No, I mean our international travels are based on like where we want to go culturally. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, there's a Disney park. Let's just stay an extra couple days and check that one. <laughs> um, and I'm, I mean, I'm interested in China, it's, but it's um huge, and so I think even just like planning that seems very hard. And I cu- culturally, I'm Japanese, so I have a much stronger desire to go to Japan. And I could probably spend a month there and still not be done. So then when you think about like, oh, heck, also got to attack on Korea and also got to attack on China and also got to attack on Taiwan, all these other places. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I think I look at it from the flip side. Like I'm always like, I want to travel internationally and the Disneyland or the Disney parks around the world is like, okay, that's a hub that I know I could go to and then maybe expand out from there. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that's- that. I mean, I, I would like to end up at every Disney park. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying I, it, it crosses my mind. Yes, but it's just not my main goal. I think. Um, and Disneyland Paris was very exemplary of this and maybe it's different in Asia, but in Disneyland Paris, when you were in the parks, I swear to God, I was in America. Like, yeah. it was not French. It was not at all experiencing... There was, like, a little bit of the cultural aspect. But, like, the food was not French. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people are tourists, so they're not French. It's it's very... And, I mean, it's magical, but it is very manufactured, your whole experience, right? And that's just not what I'm looking for, usually, if I'm going to sit on a plane for seven to nine or longer hours. Like, because I can just hop on a plane for a couple hours and go to Walt Disney World. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a good point. I've heard that the Tokyo, like Disneyland and Sea, are are much more different, right? Much mm-hmm. more culturally different. And I've also, and, and and I think too, I think the Chinese parks are different too because aren't I think the ownership is like part like owned by China in those. Yeah, parks, I think so. the Chinese ones are partially by the government, right? And then the Japanese ones are like a different company completely, right? Yeah. So that probably makes it a little different. And even I think Disneyland Paris was only taken over by the Walt Disney Corporation within the past like decade or yeah. so. Like it wasn't always them. Right. Yeah, that's true. But just because of that, it probably makes it a little more Americanized, right? So I'm I'm all I'm doing right now is just trying to justify in my mind why thinking about your argument of like if I'm gonna sit on a plane for this length of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm if I'm gonna be near there, I'm gonna make time to go to the parks. Japan's gonna be awfully hard because i need to do so much in japan and then also there's both disney resorts and then there's universal and then there's the studio ghibli land museum park and then there's the hello kitty park and then there's all the pokemon centers and there's just like all the like entertainment things i've ever wanted in my life in that country (laughs) so that's gonna be tough um sounds like you just have to plan a very long trip to japan i know i need to like my partner and I need to miraculously like quit both of our jobs at the same time, have new jobs lined up, but in like six weeks and then go to Japan <laughs> in the interim. <laughs> well, I, I hope for that for you. <laughs> Thank you. My, yeah, that is too. my wish for you. <laughs> Some, somehow we'll make it happen. Someone will watch our dog for six weeks. No big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think traveling to go to the parks is totally valid. I just want to do more than that. No, and and you're right. <laughs> you are on the right side of this discussion. I am on the 
incorrect side, but <laughs> either way, um, no, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that you got to do this. Um, and, and thanks for, I, I guess one of the things I want to, would want to close out the Disneyland Paris discussion with would be, um, is there any like advice that you'd give to someone who's going to Disneyland Paris for the first time that you wish you knew? Oh, well, you know, I do a lot of research, so I feel like I knew most of it going in. Um, <laughs> That's true. We did pay to stay on site. And um, I mean, I very much justified that in the notion that like, I don't know if I'm ever going back. Like, it's highly likely this will be the only time we ever go to Disneyland Paris. So, like, I'm going to stay on site. Even if you don't necessarily feel that way, I do think it is advantageous to stay on site. Um, it's a little bit more like Walt Disney World where yes, there are offsite properties and yes, they have shuttles and stuff, but being on site is so much easier, faster, more convenient. On site also has shuttles if you really don't want to walk. And then you get an extra morning magic hour, um, which was very productive for us for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, take a look at the UK holidays calendar. Oh. A lot of people flood Disneyland Paris if it's a three-day weekend in the UK. Um, France, not all French primary schools are in session on Wednesdays. Hmm. So if you think the middle of the week's going to be dead, Wednesday might not be. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think those are the big things. Otherwise, I would say prioritize the entertainment um that's definitely their strong suit it blew the american parks out of the water to a degree that i like my jaw dropped i couldn't i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe how much fun i was having like at a show sitting down in a theater it's very not my personality um so even if you're a a hater (laughs) yeah, yeah even if you're a hater you know make sure you do that and then they do have this promotion i don't know i think it's probably renewed yearly but um mastercard is the official credit card of (laughs) disneyland paris so the promotion is that if you have a mastercard and you bring it with you you can go to town hall guest services in either park um and get tickets basically to the main show in either park so in disneyland that's lion king show and then in walt disney studios it's mickey and the magician um there's no explanation about this anywhere on the internet huh So when we went the first day, um, Adam and I split up, my partner and I split up to do various things. And part of, he went to go get breakfast and I was like, go talk to guest services and figure out how this works. So this is what we were told. It absolutely could change by the time anybody else goes. But so we were told they only do it for the last show of the day. So it's not like all of the shows. It's only the very last one, which is usually around like four or so. Um, And basically there is a time with which you should be lining up to get the free tickets. Mm -hmm. So they start giving them out an hour before the show starts. So show times at four, they'll start giving it out at three. And we were told come line up like a half hour early. Okay. Um, So two 30. That being said in practice, um, (laughs) people lined up super early. So we got there like two 20 and they had already even just given them out and like sent the people in the line off because the tickets were gone and like they oh. weren't going to leave the line. So people line up for things very early. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was there, fireworks were at 11 and people were like a lot of people, not a few people, like a lot of people were already claiming their spots at eight. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that just sounds like Disney world. I mean, I think it was much worse. You think it's worse? Yeah. Like okay. n- people were claiming enough. People were claiming their spots at eight to where they, Cast members blocked off walkways and stuff. Like you could not go through the hub anymore. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, it sounds worse then. It's worse. I think it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the parties sometimes it can get like that, but not on a normal. Well, those day. are like specialty. Yeah, yeah, this was just the everyday fireworks. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. It was very intense. Okay. All right. So where did you end up watching the fireworks from? Like if it was so crazy busy. I mean, so we had we were at studios. We parked hop back over to Disneyland and we were trying to go on a ride. We oh we were trying to go to Peter Pan, which is like back behind the castle in Fantasyland, right? And so we were walking up that way and just like everything was roped off. And they mm-hmm. it's not like the American parks where they like preserve some amount of walkway or anything. They're just like it's free for all, sucks to suck. Um so we ended up we were like well we're never gonna get a good spot anyway <laughs> so we did a few rides to like kill some time and then we just like squeezed our way onto main street it worked out well enough there's also like no rules well there's some rules but it's not like in america <laughs> it's like parents are consistently propping their kids up like on railings and cast oh. members see and like say nothing <laughs> wow okay yeah there's a lot of like borderline dangerous <laughs> activity yeah. if you ask me i don't know i don't know if there's actually no rules or if they just choose not to say anything and not enforce anything but it's um i found that like pretty shocking i was like cool (laughs) well and that would certainly be a change like if you're used to going to american disney parks like to see Mm -hmm. that happening yeah for sure yep wow okay that's all good stuff that's all good stuff to know so i'm going to be calling you when i'm planning my disneyland trip disneyland paris trip uh, yeah. For all for all of the tips and and Ooh. pointers, because get your passport um, first. I fir- that's that is step one. <laughs> <laughs> that is certainly step one. Um, but no, awesome. Well, I'm glad you're back, and I, I'm excited. Uh, I wh- when's your next trip to Disney World? We have a very short jaunt um, planned for before the fiftieth ends because I have FOMO. Um, and you know, we did it DVC, so we booked it 11 months out. And so, you know, 11 months ago or whenever this was not quite 11 months, but many months ago when I was booking this out 11 months, I was like, this is probably dumb. We probably don't need to go, but Hey, like now I get to see enchantment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, we haven't been on, <laughs> we haven't been on guardians yet. So we're going to try to do that. Um, so yeah, but our next like real trip is going to be in the fall of 23. Okay. All right. Well, assuming this is possible, you I'm, I'm going to put it out there right now. I would like to go to Top of the World Lounge. Well, if you can get me in there. <laughs> Currently, I cannot. I cannot even go. Um, ah. So <laughs> I'm just uh, I mean, fall 23 is far enough out. I'm, I'm saying if things change. Yeah. And if you There's can get also- me up there. I mean, they should be selling the Disneyland DVC tower by then, in which case I'd have to see the points charts and pricing, but I might end up becoming an actual real member, much to my chagrin. So we'll see. I'm just putting it out there. All right. I've been promised by Tom and Michelle, and so far they haven't delivered. Look well, at you, Tom and Michelle. I'm pretty sure they actually can go, right? Oh, they I can. They they're can. real members. Yeah, they're real members. I think Nate could take me. He yeah. hasn't taken me. Yeah. Yeah. Bother your real member friends, okay? I'm but with the plebes. You're eventually going to be a real member. You're. I, I believe um, that you will. I uh, maybe. It really depends on the pricing incentives. 
and we'll see. <laughs> it's not like, this is not my goal is not to become a member directly through Disney. I do not care about that. Uh, <laughs> I would much rather get the points at a discount, but I feel very certain that the Disneyland DVC tower is going to sell out very fast. So I think I just have to buy directly through them and it sucks to suck. <laughs> And and then the benefit is you can take me to the top of the world lounge. <laughs> That's the benefit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All worth it. Although, have you seen the pictures of the villains re-theme? No. It's like top of the world lounge, a villain's lair now. And I honestly think it's so gaudy and terrible. And I wish they had left it alone. Oh, no. I didn't know this had happened. Oh, I missed it's out okay. on the it's fine, OG but like theming. Yeah, can't you just leave it as like a nice looking space instead? Now there's just like random art and like Facilier's cane leaning up against the wall and like they hung up some capes or whatever. And we're just like, ew, <laughs> please oh, don't. Oh my gosh. This used to be a classy establishment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a classy establishment for me to hang out. So uh, yeah, in fact, I might, cool. I might be even more welcome now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been so much fun, Dr. J, and I could talk to you forever about Disney, but I think I'll let you go for now because it is it's getting late. And, uh, you know, we, we those of us who have apnea, we get tired. We got to go back <laughs> to bed at some point. So, yeah, uh, doesn't even matter how much caffeine you drink. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I, I told you it wasn't going to help me out. Um, but before we wrap up, of course, we have to tell people where they can find all of your stuff online. So how can people locate all of your amazing content? Sure. So you'll find me at Pixie Dust PhD, mostly on YouTube. I am also pretty active on Twitter, though that tends to be a little bit less focused in terms of the theme parks. And then I do have an Instagram that I cycle through posting and then abandoning for months on end. <laughs> so depends on how you want to at me, but most reliably, if you leave a comment on a YouTube video, I do try pretty hard to get back to people within a couple of days, um, especially if you have a question and I can help make your trip any better. Fantastic. And she does. She's very responsive. She even responds to me on YouTube. <laughs> I respond to you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, but even on YouTube is my. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. J, cheers to you. Cheers. I hope to see you soon. And have a wonderful night. Thanks for having me. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Pixie Dust PhD in the house. Jacqueline was fantastic. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation about sleep apnea and, <laughs> and uh, Disneyland Paris. It was really great. And now I am more motivated than ever to finally go get my passport. Maybe this will be the thing. This is going to make me do it because I've got to get to Disneyland Paris at some point. A fun fact behind the scenes. I cut out a little piece there when we were talking about traveling internationally and why people go. And Dr. Jacqueline likes to go because she's interested in the cultures of foreign countries. And me, on the other hand, I go because they have a Disney park. It For some reason, it made my brain short circuit in the moment. And I started like rambling on about people traveling and why they travel because I was trying to get in my head. I was all up in my head about it. It was really strange. I don't know what happened. Very self-conscious about the judgment. It was She was giving me a look, I think. Jo Dr. Jacqueline was giving me a look. I could feel it. I couldn't even make eye contact with her. 
No, that's not true at all. I, I don't know what happened. I think I had a mini stroke. Um, but we got through it. And we had a good conversation. I hope you all enjoyed that one. I want to thank you all for listening. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being here. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. You all mean so much to me. It's great to have you all as part of the hashtag monorail fam. We'll be back again next week for episode number 14. Until then, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And if you want to communicate with me in the meantime, you know you can do it on the social media. I am at the PHL pod on Twitter, the Passholder Lounge podcast on Instagram, and you can email me passholderloungepod at gmail.com. All of those are perfectly valid. You can also follow me, interact with my personal accounts, Justin underscore monorail on Instagram and Twitter. I'm out there, y'all, and you're out there. So let's talk. I raise my glass to you. Cheers, friends. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you next time in the Passholder Lounge. Bye-bye.